You're listening to the light version of the Piece of Persistence. Visit patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash piece of persistence for complete access with double the content and zero ads. Hi, and welcome to the Piece of Persistence, the show where we seek to uncover the keys to happiness and success one honest conversation at a time. I'm your host, Abigail Wright, and today I get to introduce you to someone I think will probably be many of your new hero, uh, Brian Stacy. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really, I'm happy to be here too. Thank yeah. you so much. And um, just a little note for those of you who might be enjoying today's episode with your families. If you haven't had that talk yet, now might be a good time to pause and have that talk. Uh, or you can just pause and come back to this later, but I'll leave that up to your dis- discretion. Anyway, back to the show. Um, Brian, one of my favorite things about you is your ability to be forthright and to be vulnerable. And I think you're about to understand why. Um, Brian, a few, well, several years ago, had a life-changing moment where he was diagnosed with chlamydia and testicular cancer, both on the exact same day. And in retrospect, you told me um, that the hardest part of that ordeal for you was the, the three-month period leading up to the actual diagnosis because... Um, Well, Brian felt paralyzed, really. He rationalized it away, and he felt Mm -hmm. paralyzed by a fear of a diagnosis, and he was sort of unable to take action. Right. Um, So then since then, thankfully, he's been able to talk with hundreds of people about their own sexual health experiences, and he's been on a mission to crush the fear that causes bad sexual health behavior. As a digital strategist, he's worked with companies from the Fortune 100 to startups, and he focused on disrupting the regulated industries of healthcare, finance, and law enforcement. And now with Beam, that's B-I-E-M, the world's first virtual sexual health app, um, well, first virtual sexual health clinic, actually. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, He and his team are using those skills to redesign everything that makes sexual health taboo. From the difficult conversations to having to go to the clinic and judgment by providers and having those difficult conversations. Instead, they've created an experience that empowers rather than terrifies, which is amazing. And through his app, through this, basically by making sexual health uh, almost as convenient as a dating app, Mm -hmm. he and his team are trying to eliminate any excuses to not get tested and to usher in a new era where partners can share their STD results before having sex. So Brian, this is a thrilling concept to me. And before we get into it, I just want to ask you um, about your experiences before all of this. What was your life like before you came to Beam, before you were diagnosed? Yeah, first of all, great intro. Thank you for that. Thank you. It's always exciting as a a business owner to hear somebody else describe what you're trying to do in their own words. That was amazing. Thank you. I'm glad this is recorded. I'm going to use all of that. (laughs) Um, so life before Beam, right? I, um, I grew up where, in a household where we, sex wasn't really a topic that we talked about all that much. And when I had an issue pop up, um, I, I told myself things were going to be fine. And my issue was my left testicle was hurting me. Yeah. And I played baseball growing up. I, I've, I've walked by a table and hit a nut on the, on the corner of the edge of a table, and that hurt and it would go away. So I told myself, I'll probably hit myself, it's going to go away. Um, and so I, I didn't do anything about it. And as time went on and the, system, the, the symptom persisted, 
uh, I got a little more concerned, a little more worried, and it wasn't until a friend of mine who's a urologist called me to make dinner plans mm. that I finally broke down three months after I initially had symptoms that I asked him, hey, something might be up, what do you think? And so it was at that point he really encouraged me to go get tested and, and have a real conversation about this. And for me, that was the inflection point and the, the, the what I needed to start opening up about my sexual health. Yeah. 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 Well, good for him. Right. Right. Lucky you have that friend. He was somebody that has no problem talking about <laughs> sexual health, personally or professionally. Well, good to have them around, yeah. right? He's also my co-founder for Beam now, so oh, that makes perfect. a whole lot of sense. Nice. Yeah. So about partnerships, um, I'd love to talk a little bit about the partnerships that you had in your support systems, either for chlamydia or testicular cancer. What were they like? I'm not, I'm so glad you made it through. It's really scary. Me, me too. Yeah. <laughs> If you can come out of testicular cancer with no cancer and one nut, that's a win. So, but yeah, so I, I was blessed because <laughs> I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. My parents are from Chicago, and my mom actually came into D.C. When I, when I went to have surgery. Now, little known fact, men, while they have two testicles, they may not both work, and there's really no way to tell. So before you go in for a testicular cancer surgery where they're going to remove a nut, they have you go to a sperm bank and freeze your sperm just in case they take out the one nut that actually works. So my, my, my mom, who came to take care of me post-surgery, also drove me to the sperm bank. So she, she drove me to the sperm bank, asked if she could come in. I said, well, I'd be happier if you stayed in the car. <laughs> of course, I went in. I did my thing. I came out. She asked me how it went. I asked her to not ask me that. Um, but then, uh, so I think that's, that's an example of the support structure I had. I went, as I went through chemotherapy, I was living with my parents. They were amazing. That's great. Um, my friends, they came to visit me at my parents' house. They sent me boxes and gifts and everything. And, and as far as a cancer patient can kind of, kind of receive that love, it was amazing. Mm. Now, one area I didn't give people even an opportunity to support me in was with chlamydia. Because I didn't talk about it at all or tell anybody that I had chlamydia. Wow. That was more or less just something, hey, I've got cancer and chlamydia. Let me get rid of chlamydia and like, really deal with this cancer. Uh, so, so as I wrote my blog, I wrote a blog when I was going through chemotherapy about testicular cancer called One Big Nut. Mm -hmm. And talked about all the emotional things I was going through and what I felt people were, were maybe thinking about me. Didn't mention chlamydia one time. And it wasn't until I started being and I started talking publicly about this and I started to see the connection between testicular cancer and STD which is both related to sexual health anxiety, that I actually say something. Wow. So the first time that my parents heard about the fact that I had chlamydia was actually through a public speech. <sighs> and so if you think about the type of support you're able to give somebody with cancer, being, well, cancer is something that happens to you, so of course I'll support this person. Yeah. But chlamydia was something that I must have messed up because I had sex and I got. Right? So as if you deserved it or something. Right, right. You had to do something to get it. And that's part of the stigma around sexual health and, and specifically uh, STDs. Are there any personal lessons you've learned from uh, your experience, especially with a testicular cancer? I mean, it's a big one. The most important thing is if you feel something, of course, you know, don't just shove it off and say, it's not a big deal, I'm not too worried about it, because it could be a really big deal. Yeah. Um, but being open and talking about these types of these types of subjects, I think is really, it's really that's the biggest lesson. Uh, when I was, I mentioned earlier that 
it took me three months to say anything to anybody about this. Yeah. And it was during that three-month period where I had the most anxiety. Now, people think that's crazy because they're like, hey, well, what, well, how did you feel when you were diagnosed with cancer? And it was crazy to say this, but it was a relief. Mm-hmm. Because then I knew exactly what it was, and I could put a plan together and take care of it. Whereas before, during that three-month period, I was like, oh my gosh, what do I have? Like, do I have, is this, is this HIV? Is this, like, cancer is going to kill me? Is it, what is it? And I almost had the worst-case scenario when it comes to cancer. Because you waited. Because, well, par- partially because I waited, partially because it was what it was. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, yeah, the biggest lesson I to take care of it, but also you're going to feel better once you're diagnosed with, regardless of what you're diagnosed with. So get it checked out. Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about Beam. I'm so curious. How does it work? Where do you find it? What do you do with it? <laughs> so with Beam, uh, we wanted to create something that eliminates all these barriers that we just talked about and why somebody wouldn't want to have a conversation with a partner. And what we found is that if people don't get tested, they don't know their sexual health status, they're certainly not going to have a conversation about it. Yeah. So the first step in this was creating a really easy way, an affordable way, for people to get themselves checked. So here's how, the, here's how it works. You download the app, answer a few questions within the app. Then you set up the test. The test can either be done at a local lab. We partner with like LabCorp and Quest and a few other local labs. Or you can have that same test done at your house. Somebody will literally come to your house to do that test. Really? One of the barriers we found is that some people just don't like to go to, like sit in the office and wait and everything else. So it was a great we're going to go to your house. Wow. Does that cost more? That costs $45. That's not in addition, bad. In addition, to the, the home, home service is $45. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, so then about two, three days later, your results will come through to the app and it'll show what you got tested for, the date you got tested on and what the result was. So you can easily show that to a partner. And we specifically did not provide a way in the app to share, to send your results to somebody else. There could be a, a, um, a data breach that way. There's a lot of uh, privacy issues with that. So we figured if you're going to have sex, you're going to do it in person. So maybe you just show uh, the results in the phone to somebody else. So that's currently the, the functionality that you, you get in the app. What about people who are concerned about the cost? Does it work with insurance or Medicaid? And if not, is it affordable? When you're in the app, you answer a few of these questions. You set up a virtual visit with a doctor. Okay. So you actually video chat, just sitting on this couch. I could do one right now with a provider. I could ask any kind of sexual health questions I might have. And then you get tested after that. So then you know what you're going to get tested for. That interaction is $45. Everybody goes through that. That's not something you can skip. And we do that because we want people feeling confident and comfortable in what they're about to do and conversations they're going to have with their partner. Mm. So after that visit, then you do the test and the results come through. Uh, that visit is $45 with the doctor. No insurance. We don't take insurance for that. Then you can use your insurance for the labs, and that can be the expensive part. So if you have insurance, then it can cost you between $0 and maybe what your, your copay is. If you don't have insurance, that can get that can be anywhere between thirty-five dollars for a single test, all the way up to you know five hundred dollars for the entire panel. Wow. Yeah. Looking for a great present for that reader or student in your life? You need to visit the online bookstore with a soul, Better World Books. They collect and sell books online to donate books and fund literacy initiatives worldwide. You can get that perfect present while helping promote literacy. Visit peaceofpersistence.com slash betterworld for free shipping worldwide and the chance to make a difference. That's peaceofpersistence.com slash betterworld. I've heard you talk about the idea of a new masculinity. Can you tell me more about what that means to you? 
So I had an opportunity back in April to go to an all men's retreat. Now, I'd never been to an all men's retreat before. The only time I'd been with like all men is either at like a sport sports event or team that I was part of, sometimes at work. So I asked a friend of mine, Dominic Cortuccio, who invited me to this, like, what is what is what, where the men's retreat involved? And I had, of course, ideas of, of what you do at a men's retreat if there's no alcohol and there's no sports. Like, <laughs> what exactly do you do? So this is an opportunity. There was about 15 guys, and we all got there. I didn't know any of them. We got in a circle, and the question was asked, well, why are you here today? Now, my answer was really simple. I'm here to support my friend Dominic Cortuccio, who's putting on this event. The other guys throughout the room uh, went, they, they, they told openly why they were there. Some guys, they, they hadn't had sex with their wives in three months, and that was bothering them from a relationship standpoint. Some people were having business issues where they had been fired before. And what I didn't realize until the very end of the trip, and my breakthrough there, was I was subconsciously killing each one of those guys in that circle. <laughs> so when one guy came through and said, I haven't had sex with my wife for three months, I was like, well, then have sex with your wife. Like, why, why are you telling us this? This is ridiculous. You know, the other guy who had, he had been fired, there was one guy who had been fired, another guy, the opposite, he had reached a level but like, couldn't find happiness after reaching that level. I was like, oh, so sorry, you made millions of dollars. I feel terrible for you, right? This was all in my subconscious. Now, on the exterior, I was empathetic. I was nice. If you asked anybody to retreat, they wouldn't have thought anything differently. What I realized at the end of that, once I saw these guys being vulnerable and being open and not being afraid to shed a tear in front of a group of guys they didn't even know, I felt like I told them this at the end. I said, I feel like I'm an emotional voyeur. Like mm-hmm. the first, I'm seeing these guys connect in a different way that I felt disconnected from, and I wanted a piece of that. And the only way to be to have a piece of that is to be open and vulnerable yourself. Yeah. So I thanked them at the end for for doing that, for crying, shedding tears, talking about their wives, talking about their jobs. Um, and I've tried to live in a way um, that is a little bit more open to that. And I've seen a completely different way to connect with people. Uh, whether it's a, a perfect stranger or even somebody that I've been friends with for you know twenty five years. That's great. So I think that that that's um, I, I think a piece of what new masculinity is, and being vulnerable isn't a weakness, and that's what I thought. I equated vulnerability to a weakness, and actually it's a strength if you can really sit in it and talk about it, and that's how people connect because we are we're all humans we're all emotional got yeah, women or men or what what have you, so. I'm excited that's a new part of my life. That's great. And I had those guys and Dominic to thank for it. Where do you find the most joy in your life? When I'm talking to people, I'm big, moments like this, yeah. I really enjoy. Uh, when I'm talking to people about sexual health or seeing them break through, uh, I love doing that. I love, I love taking some of these conversations and turning that into a product. So how can we have this more open conversation and use the tools within our, our app to do that? I really enjoy doing that. Um, gosh, where else do I find joy? Uh, I find joy, you know what? I find joy in a lot of the little things. Uh, I started a practice recently where when I wake up in the morning, I do a little meditation and part of that is appreciation. And it's just, it's, it's the, the little stupid things, you know, even if it's raining outside, right? Appreciative for the fact that we've got water, right? That some people don't have that. 
So I think that I could talk about the really big things and what I like about joy. There's also those really small things. The fact that, you know, I've got a family that, that loves me and cares about me that I can reach out to at any time. Like, that's Thank cool. You. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's been, that's been new-ish for me, but also a really good uh, part of this journey. I really love this question. If there were one thing you'd like the world to see differently, what would it be? We talked about the story where I, where I connected with a group of strangers, guys, in a completely different way. I felt after that, that even if I saw somebody walking down the street, I could feel them a little bit and, and connect with them, even if they didn't see me, uh, in, in a way that didn't exist. I think that if we can get to a place where that becomes a real thing for a lot more people, I think a lot of bad things start to go away. I think we start to have a lot more empowered conversations. I think we start to feel a lot more. And when I look at you as somebody that's connected to me, I don't want anything bad to happen to you. And again, at the risk of sounding really woo here, uh, I think if, if we, if people can see that through me in any way, shape or form, that's powerful. And I, 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 I love that feeling. Prior to doing some of this work that I've done over the past year, I felt like I entered conversations or entered scenarios in a combative way, or even, even maybe just a, a competitive way. Uh, living in a world of, of scarcity, like I need to get this, and if I get this, somebody else can't get it. Yeah. And I think what I've started to realize through some of this work, whether it's been with Bean or with Dominic or with some other friends, is that man, we, we really live in a world of abundance and, and that makes the world a lot more exciting, a lot more collaborative, collaborative place to live. Brian, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's just been so nice to sit down and talk with you and I think I might be a little more prepared for those difficult conversations. Um, so thank you. It's been great to have you here. That's great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm really pumped about making those Somewhat awkward conversations, a little bit less so with all the right tools. And to anybody listening today, just remember to, if you're having an awkward conversation, the best way to start is show instead of ask. And usually people will reciprocate after that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And where can we find you? You can find us at beamteam.com. On, uh, on Instagram or Twitter, we're at beamteam. And then I personally can be found at talkingnut on Instagram and Twitter. And that is in reference to my missing left testicle. Nicely done. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And thank you also for joining us today on the Piece of Persistence Light. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please just take a second to share us or rate or review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, wherever it is that you found us, YouTube, um, IMDb, wherever it is that you find us, just take a second to rate and review us. It helps go a really long way in helping new people discover our show. Also, if you happen to know somebody who is very happy and has had some success in their lives, send them our way at pieceofpersistence at gmail.com. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time on the Piece of Persistence for more great content on finding the happiness and success in our lives. But if we forget what really makes us Sing and dance at night It's the